You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Hello, I'm Wade Zaglitz, the Education Editor for Campus Review. In contrast to previous academic years, it's doubtful many would have described their 2020 university year as fun in many ways. Perhaps challenging or even stressful would be more likely descriptors. But as the 2021 academic year begins, it seems likely university staff and students will face the same sorts of challenges. However, whatever the conditions may be, Dr Stuart Middleton, Senior Lecturer in Strategy at the University of Queensland, believes we must bring the fun back to university and motivate and engage students. Dr Middleton, you're passionate about bringing the fun back to tertiary education. Do you think 2020 was devoid of fun in many universities? Oh, thanks, Wade. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, I don't want to be too blanket with what I'm trying to say here. Um, 2020 might have worked well for individual students. So, so being based in Brisbane, if I'm a student who is on the Gold Coast, has a relatively full-time job um, with some fairly, um, you know, fairly significant uh, social commitments, be they family or friends or whatever, I think 2020 probably worked all right for you. Um, you know, just just the ability to be able to really personalise your study and, and get online when, you know, you wanted to study and, and whatnot. I think, though, we can look at overall in terms of COVID as part of a larger trend which challenges the fun in education for Gen Z. Um, Gen Z being this enormous group of 23s and under, which um, we're finding are coming through the undergraduate education system now and across the globe are really starting to make their presence felt. So a group which grew up in the shadow of the global financial crisis, so unlike the millennials, you know, they have had a lot of, uh, they've been challenged financially, uh, or seen challenges financially. Um, and I think COVID's actually requiring this group to shoulder a burden in a way that perhaps we haven't seen with other young generations, even since since World War Two, really. Um, I mean, we look at the disproportionate impacts of COVID in terms of lost casual jobs, in terms of enormous government debt, um, debt which they're probably not going to see the back of, you know, by the time they're 80 themselves. Uh, in terms of the sharp asset price rises, we're actually starting to see now. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take too far away to see the potential for some major inflationary pressures uh, coming about in the economy. Uh, and that ongoing tax burden that they're going to face means that they can't reshape society in their own image as the baby boomers did. So the baby boomers had that great fortune of coming out of that World War II period and could really um, remake society in their own image. I don't think Gen Z is going to have that opportunity. They're about 30% of the global population and about 20% of the Australian population and one in two of them are expected to get degrees and that's a really important thing for universities to keep in mind because it means the university degree no longer competitively differentiates. Mm -hmm. We've also got... A, so those demographic trends are there but then you get the technological trends on top of that which are blurring the public and the private. And I think quite often that can be unforgiving for them. I'm I'm often reminded of a, a story that I read probably some um, 10 years ago about a high school student in the United States who'd 
uh, committed a misdemeanour at school and um, went to the, the toilets and I'm not saying he did the right thing here but ended up pleasuring himself and somebody took a mobile phone camera footage of that underneath the toilet door and uh, posted it on Facebook at the time and the kid went and killed himself. And I just think, you know, the, the pressure that goes on with growing up in that sort of environment of, you know, the, the public and the private becoming so similar and blurred. Um, on top of all the demographic challenges, on top of what COVID's actually thrust on top of this, um, this um, generation, and they're shouldering that burden incredibly manfully and very rarely have I seen any complaints of it. But when I think, you know, was 2020 devoid of fun at university? Not necessarily in and of itself, but it's one of a number of contextual factors which is jeopardising the ability of this generation to have fun at university and take some real joy from their learning. Sure. So it's just that it's that real confluence of factors, really. Yeah. It's coming together. But um, do you think that... Um, 2020 had an impact on their performance in any way, academically look, or socially? Yeah, look, in terms of their academic performance, I'd like to think that universities, well, certainly UQ, but, but I'd say anecdotal evidence from other universities, I think we're very understanding in a performance sense. Um, I think that performance sense in terms of being able to set the parameters around, you know, assessment and so on means that it's something over which universities had control and I think they were able to offer a, a strong degree of understanding for these students. Could I say that every student didn't have their performance, you know, um, I guess challenged by the situation? Of course not, but I'd, I'd like to think that the large majority of students could actually point to their results and say that the situation didn't disadvantage them um, in any way, in terms of performance anyway. But if we're going to look in a broader sense than that, and you've touched on this with your question, um, the overall health and well-being aspects that can flow from a university experience and the very positive aspects that can have, uh, you know, relationships with peers and faculty w was certainly something that was um, challenged by the whole COVID situation. Uh, you know, um, the, the um, orientations that didn't really happen or the, the meeting of the friends that, uh, you know, you meet in your first few weeks and you form some lifelong friendships with or the study groups that come together around exam times. That just couldn't happen. So we're talking about a cohort who is at home, uh, potentially uh, with some of our overseas students in particular, facing um, serious illness from friends and relatives. Uh, and, you know, very little ability to actually uh, tune out from those major pressures and build peer relationships which actually might help them uh, to manage those. In terms of what we actually did um, to try and overcome that, look, I mean, one thing that we leveraged in my course was an outdoor teaching experience, the, the first formal one we had at UQ, where we just basically recognised the mental challenges the students were facing and took the opportunity to teach outside for a few weeks. We got a lovely campus to enjoy great weather up in Brisbane. And I think being out and about in the trees and hearing the birds, we had some ducks fought between the, the few of the groups. I think it just helped those students who had been unable to see their family and friends sometimes in many instances for many months. 
and was able to help us use the campus in a way that provided, pro promoted health during COVID and giving them that sense of feeling of belonging to something in terms of UQ as well. So it was amazing what some beanbags and rugs could achieve, really. <laughs> I think the challenge for us now is in terms of being able to bring about that camaraderie and mentorship to the fore in the online environment because those technologies aren't necessarily um, so easy in which to build those uh, ongoing relationships between peers and faculty. Yeah, right. It's a very different dynamic. Um, uh, okay, so we're beginning a new academic year, 2021. Uh, what will you and by extension UQ be doing to re-engage your cohort, offer the best student-focused learning and, and make uh, for a more happy happy uh, campus this year? Look, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of the whole of UQ, but, you know, certainly my teaching um, focus is, I guess, informed by a few things. I'm, I'm a father of three young children, 10 and under, uh, with my wife, and... Uh, bring that experience to bear and also look I always look back on my own student experience which was sometimes successful sometimes less successful from 25 years ago uh, but I remember that what was fun uh, in class was what interested me and helped me to learn so I guess taking those uh, types of perspectives through Look, I think for me it's going to be about trying to build meaning through connection for the students. Uh, by the end of it, I teach a third year class. I'd really like them to be able to help to answer questions such as who am I and, and what might I be able to do. So, look, I think we're trending away in universities. We're going to have to from the, that mass model of higher education to one which is more personalised and is going to fit with where the student's at in their life. So I'm looking to build some pedagogical connections, um, putting together some assignments which are going to be really meaningful in terms of having application in their work lives. So we're bringing um, some team-based assignments uh, where we have students doing strategic planning for contemporary organisations, so helping them um, build some bonds and take on some of those planning roles that they're going to be um, implementing in the workforce. Uh, another assignment which I developed last year on corporate restructuring, which is based on some podcast interviews um, with members of a fake organisation, but received very favourable feedback in terms of being, you know, real life type of assignments. Also trying to build up some social connections beyond that, U using technology um, to build those peer relationships and connections with faculty. So, so last year we ran a scavenger hunt online where the facilitators ran around to, so that the students could experience sometimes the only time they could experience being on campus from overseas. Uh, for the first time, we're using a Facebook group to help students with low-stress ways of communicating with staff and each other. And I'm doing some pretty corny TikTok videos, which are going to help um, some students get key messages in less than 60 seconds and really fit with more of their social media use, I think, as well. I'm conscious you had a podcast recently, I think, on uh, TikTok and some of the challenges with it. Yes, um, but there is another side <laughs> Systemically, look, what do I think UQ is doing? And I think it's it, we're really trying to build relationships with other segments of the education sector to really try and refine courses so that they can meet the individual learning needs of our students. 
So we've just come off a Ready to Teach week where we had high school teachers come in and give us some insights into the cohort that's incoming. Uh, and I think that's a really key thing to get a better insight into who the student body is and, and what it is that's actually going to motivate them and impact positively on their learning. Um, and I know the university is doing some really positive emerging work around students with ASD, language difficulties and so on. Um, and once again, how can we bridge the university experience to give these people the best shot at their learning? So look, I think overall it's a journey. I haven't given you anything that's you know, outrageous you know, leaps there, but we're only at the start of it as a sector and as a university. By the end of it, I'd like to think we can build towards a more humanising system of tertiary education, um, more suited around the individual learning needs of students and providing them with a sense of meaning around who they are and who they might want to become. I think the challenge in that is actually going to be technology, which is obviously going to be an enabler of this. But we need to make sure it's an enabler of personalisation in learning and not as an enabler of efficiency. That's going to be the challenge with the cuts that have come through the sector. So as we continue to integrate data analytics in our learning, I think that's something that the sector is going to have to keep a close eye on. Well, it seems that the, the fun that you aspire to bring to your classes comes a lot through technology and just the way you're using it to connect with your, with your students, um, you know, which is, is quite common. And, you know, using TikTok and that, you know, I think are, are great ways of doing that. And um, um, I think that will be the trend um, for this year. Um, speaking of this year... We know um, this this pandemic is uh, here to stay for at least a little while this year, possibly the entire year, and and we know that the traditional lecture looks like it could be uh, gone or at least modified dramatically um, from now on. Do you think these changes to how universities offer education are here to stay? Yeah, Wade. Well, look. I mean, I think, so So I've got previous experience as a strategic manager in not-for-profit sector for what it's worth. And I think probably in the last five or ten years that sector's seen changes to government funding models which have disrupted the sector, uh, particularly, you know, with the arrival of things like the NDIS and more client-focused models. I think COVID's going to have a very similar experience, uh, impact, sorry, on the university sector. Um, you know, and I take my initial uh, student who lives on the Gold Coast, so, you know, would have to travel an hour to Brisbane with a, a fairly full-on career and commitments in their personal lives. Uh, being able to provide that personalised level of learning, um, you know, I, I think we've got to recognise that those, those new models are here to stay. I think COVID's going to be a wonderful opportunity to see some differentiation in the sector. Um, look, you know, we've got 30 plus universities in Australia and more or less they offer a comprehensive degree. Um, they obviously have very little ability to differentiate on price. If you look at the mission statements and goals of Australian universities, it is very challenging to be able to tell them apart. So this gives us a chance to get some level of diversification. Are we going to see the rise of a massified online degree at a low price, for example? Or what about universities which focus on a specific type of degree? You know, our own version of MIT, is that going to be possible? 
a university is going to start to look at the campus as a liability or will some take the chance to reinvigorate their campus experience. So I think the sector has a real chance to put together some new offerings for students that are going to really suit who the students are and where they are at in terms of their lives. In terms of what I personally expect, I don't anticipate returning to an old face-to-face -face model of, for us, 13 weeks face-to-face -face with the students. It might be a hybrid online face-to-face -face experience. Some universities might choose a fully online model. I mean, I think the sector with the losses it's facing in terms of finances and the job cuts it's had to make and, and may continue to make, it's going to find it difficult to go back to that old model as, as I see it. So while that offers opportunity, we're going to need to be cautious in terms of a sector though, in terms of our approach. We've got obviously smaller numbers of staff taking on the workloads of colleagues who have left the sector. Uh, and we've got students who deserve a positive student experience based on their student needs. So we get back to what I mentioned previously, that temptation to use technology for efficiency rather than personalisation. So that would be my caution. Um, so really in terms of retaining a focus on fun, I think, you know, I look at my own career, I've, I've had ups and downs in my career and the downs can feel all consuming. So. I think I say to my students that I've made every mistake under the sun so they don't have to. So in the sector which, cha which is changing and the cohort having those incredible range of stresses on the health and wellbeing fronts that I outlined earlier and with the university workforce which is going to be even more stretched, I think maintaining that emphasis on fun in learning can make a really great contribution to the health and wellbeing and workforce readiness of our young people and, and hopefully we can see, you know, Gen Z coming out the other side of what's really a very challenging uh, set of circumstances for them at the moment. I think that message of uh, personalisation, not efficiency, is a great one. Um, Dr Middleton, and thank you for joining Campus Review today for a podcast. No worries, Wade. Thanks for your time.